after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials tonight. The good ones, and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Now I can hear birds chirping, and my grandkids. In that order. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today on the show... Well, I put this one together, so it's a little bit of a mess. Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's the deal. Um, I've been thinking. I leave about, you alone for one day. <laughs> I've been thinking about brands that are kind of like second fiddle. You know, you yeah, got the also Rams. You got your Cokes and your Pepsis, but then you also have your RC Colas. Sure. Which I was, uh, which folks were bad mouthing in a conversation that I had uh, this weekend, right before the holiday. And I felt a need to stand up for RC Cola, even though I don't even really know what it tastes like. I'm sure it just tastes like cola, and yeah. I'm sure it's fine. This sounds like communism to me. Also, I got a... Um, All the sodas are equal. I got a... I work on another podcast. I don't want to talk about it, but I got an email <laughs> or a voicemail on that podcast today from somebody who says, you like Oreo cookies? Forget about it. He didn't say that, but he indicated forget about right. it. Right. He uh, used a forget about it emoji. He, he did. He well in his voicemail, and he said actually the best Oreo style cookies aren't even Hydrox, which are usually you know considered the kind of second fiddle, even though they were the original. You know they were around before Oreo. Right? Yes, I've heard. Okay. Um, this feller was saying that the Walgreens brand cream and chocolate cookies are better than either of those, if you can believe it. Anyway. Sure, and JoJo's at Trader Joe's are, are also better than Oreos, I'm Don't sure. some people say that? I, I mean, I I'm thought, people, I thought there's can, a cult of JoJo's. There probably is a cult of JoJo's, but I mean, there's a cult of people who like believe the earth is flat. Do you think that this is people just trying to be extra? No, I mean, I think there's like, for every bad opinion, there's a small group of people who hold it. Wow. Um, okay, well, this is fun already. Um, <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So uh, I grabbed a bunch of commercials that are for things like that. RC and Hydrox cookies. And then I found this article on Atlas Obscura, um, where it wasn't an article. It's kind of like a a, list, a a reader interaction thing where they ask people, like, what what off brands do you like better than the original? And I grabbed a few from Kind of like which too. sequels are better than the original movie. Yes. And there were some um, interesting uh, responses of products I'd never even heard of before. I'm talking to you, Brim's Cheese Puffs. So we'll explore <laughs> some of those commercials as well. Um, also, um, in the ad council, I see that we got a little update or maybe clarification on something that we said uh, when we were talking about the new Taco Bell Yeah, my campaign. our total lack of maritime knowledge has really mm. fucked us again. I won them an army, mother. <laughs> um, that doesn't really make a lot of sense there, but I don't know why it popped in my head. But anyway, um, I want to do all of those things. We will do all of those things. That is my promise to you. But okay. before we officially start the show tonight, if you will, can we have a moment to talk about something that has been on our minds lately? Um, this is something that you and I have been talking about in private, and I think I even said we need to talk about it on the show at some point on the show, something that we... It's a tough conversation, and so I've been sort of avoiding it, but um, I don't even have an answer to the question that I'm going to po pose right now. I'd like to hear from the listeners on this. What do we think of these Kate McKinnon Verizon commercials? Because 
generally speaking, we love Kate McKinnon, right? Yeah. She's an incredibly talented person. So funny. You and I share that view as do millions upon millions of Americans. She's kind of a beloved comedian and, and, and comedic actor. And so when I saw that she was uh, kind of bringing her Kate McKinnon style to these Verizon ads, at first I was like, oh, cool, you know, kind of, you know, kind of goofy, kind of girl bossy commercials where she's wearing a pantsuit on that stark white background and yes. sort, of, sort of kind of like there's a bunch of people standing around, you know, using their cell phones in various ways. And she's sort of like kind of budding in a little bit, but kind of charmingly, um, but, you know, also also a little pushy. Um and I, I like it. You see her in a major ad campaign. You're like, you go, Kate. Right. right? We did a whole show about what a, uh, you know, suddenly ubiquitous presence she was in. Yeah. In uh, in advertising. Because like she, she's doing that that campaign, I think, with for Doritos with um, uh, what's his name from Schitt's, Schitt's Creek, Creek. Daniel Levy. Thank you. You got there. Yes. Um, I actually had forgotten about that show. What was that show called again? You just told me earlier. You reminded me that we had done it. It was Kate. Like, Kate, don't tell me. Kate, episode Kate, number good. 292. I was considering calling this segment a thin line between love and Kate, <laughs> um, but it's a lot of Kate McKinnon headlines uh, coming from us. But so the first the first commercial, I didn't love it. Also, I should say, like, just visually speaking, it is stunning. I mean, she's stunning, right? Like, yeah. But also the way she's made up with this, like, just this, I want to say cartoonish, but I don't mean it in a bad way. But, like, her hair is so blonde that it's yellow yeah, like in this way. Big, that big pops, blonde hair. Yeah, that pops off of her jacket. A really tailored black suit and these amazing red high heels. Yes, and the red high heels that really pop. And my guess is probably some red lipstick that kind of accents that too I could be wrong about that but either way it feels if not very colorful very contrasty in this way that kind of appeals to um just my visual taste right um here let's play one of the first ones this might not have been the very very first one but this I think was the second one this is now I've put these in order of from least I don't want to say offensive none of them are offensive from the ones I can tolerate the most to the ones I can tolerate the least, okay. if that's not too strong of words. And also, you will notice from, I mean, it is so funny. She is doing this thing where she, in these early commercials, she kind of does this sort of like, um, this kind of wide stance. Yeah. Uh, uh, almost like a, kind of a parody of a masculine kind of stance at times. And kind of, she's stomping, stomping across the stage in her high heels. Yeah, she's got a very big physical presence. Very big physical presence that's somewhere between kind of like powerful and goofy sort of. But then as these commercials go on, her stance gets wider and wider in a way that, yeah. I mean, eventually. It's like she's coming on to someone in an airport bathroom. <laughs> Craig, uh, Craig um, I don't know. He'll just always be wide stance guy wide it was i feel like it was either his name was congressman craig something or something craig but um yeah until <laughs> the last one i'm going to play for you larry craig larry craig lest we forget it's like the next series of these commercials she's gonna have to remove her legs and and put them on either side <laughs> of the stage it is that would be something so hilarious so anyway <laughs> here's the first one that it, it, i would say this is Things are still pretty subtle here. She's wearing the the black suit um, with the red high heels. And again, on a, on a plain white stage, a bunch of people are just kind of milling about doing their various Verizon customer things. And she's kind of 
mm. kind of looking over their shoulders and responding to, to things that they're doing on their devices while she gives this message. You know how some carriers give you so little for your older busted phone you just end up living with it? I don't think so. Verizon lets you trade in your broken phone for a shiny new one. You break it. We upgrade it. You dunk it, doggy bone it, <laughs> slam it, wham it, strawberry jam it. We upgrade it. Get a 5G phone on us with select plans. Every customer, current, new, or business. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better cost less than you think. I'm net positive on that. I think, you know, um, she brings her her energy, her Kate McKinnon energy to it, kind of makes a couple of goofy faces. You know, as she's describing what people have done to their phones, they're kind of like they're all in line waiting to trade it in or get it fixed or whatever the scenario is. Yeah, I um, like that one. Yeah, it, it's generally it, it never like um, It never did anything for me besides a mild feeling of pleasure at seeing Kate McKinnon. Yes. And then, but they just, and we see a lot of these too. There is a saturation issue because they're they're on during football games and pretty heavy rotation. But they're also just getting bigger and bigger and the energy is getting bigger and bigger. And I'm finding them a little bit irritating. And we did a whole show, not just about Kate McKinnon, but we did a whole show a while back. I believe it was... I don't even know if this was our idea or if it was suggested by somebody, but commercials that take somebody that you like or even love seeing on screen and they make you hate them. Yes. It's called the Thomas Middleditch effect. <laughs> and do you, do you guys remember the company that made me hate Thomas Middleditch, an otherwise beloved comedian? Very same. Verizon. Yeah. They, they just have a way of like sort of beating these into a dead horse so which is not the saying but you know what i mean you, they're feeding a fed horse um so here's another one okay now i have another gripe with this one too but this one is when you sign up for verizon 5g they will offer you several of seven different entertainment services i guess i'll get my powder wet here and just say <laughs> They never mention once what these entertainment services are. You can assume that they're probably like maybe Spotify, maybe a streaming video service. Maybe, Presumably. Maybe there's a Quibi in there. But <laughs> Good luck. I, if, you, if you're getting Quibi, you're the last one. I hate to Quibi Don't. about this, but like, <laughs> how about you mention what they are, unless they're in the small print That's somewhere. That's not Kate McKinnon's fault. No, take a listen Some to this. carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. Now the physicality is already getting a little bit bigger, and um, and again that's what she does. I don't want to I don't want to dunk on her, but in this scenario, it's still the white background. But this is also something that I call the. Um, actually, was it Verizon? Who was the carrier who about fifteen years ago had plain background and the girl in the pink dress? That's T-Mobile. That's T-Mobile. Yeah, of course, pink, right? Yeah. And remember, it was always very contrasty, like this: completely white background with single individual in a popping pink dress uh, talking to the camera. I know you still mourn the loss of those simple, beautiful I, dresses. I Well, I do mourn the loss of the simple, beautiful dresses, but also the simplicity of the shot. Those things got more and more and more complicated until the white background was pushed so far into the back that eventually the pink dress woman was like 
dressed up in pink leather and riding a motorcycle around the streets at night or something, yeah, right? That's not like, why you tuned into this T-Mobile commercial. It, it was it was the death of the of this of the um what's the word I'm looking for? Minimalism. I liked yeah. the minimalism of it. Um and it got more and more maximized. And that's what's happening here. So now you have still white background, but it's much more cluttered. Um and it's supposed to be recreating the idea of people sitting on park benches outside um in the sort of void area. And so while um these people are on their phones enjoying various kinds of media she's like kind of sticking her nose into their media experiences and commenting on it like at one point I think somebody is I want to do this in order I think somebody is laughing at something they're watching on the uh on their phone so she laughs with them then the next one is crying then the next one is some dude watching football so he yells and then she yells and that was a turning point in this campaign for me like I kind of really dislike her like stomping around and yelling and acting like a sports fan it is kind of interesting that you mentioned the minimalist because this is like park benches but in a white void yeah um when thomas middleditch was doing the campaign with with them they would put him in like a out in the world situation Mm. he would be at a park or a wedding or a Mm -hmm. you know just someplace in the world yeah it's interesting that they've chosen to like remove that one element mm-hmm. of like actual being being actually in the real world and putting it more in like what feels what I think our brains have learned to interpret as a virtual space. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's just meta. Like, just an interesting. I don't know. Interesting. It's just an observation on my part. Yeah. But again, and that's the thing I feel like I know I just said this, but just to reiterate, I feel like these companies or these campaigns start with the idea of, oh, we're going to make it minimal. But nobody can freaking stand minimalism and they clutter it up and little by little (laughs) they're just putting more and more shit in it i mean we saw it with stephen king's the what was that book series where it started off very simple the man was walking across the desert the dark towers the dark towers like the first one is probably my favorite book by him it's like so simple and stripped down then by the end like five books later there are doors on beaches that lead to never never land like yep everybody accurate Everybody calm down. There's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. <laughs> now she's part? waving her arms around like it's uh, like she wants to keep the clock, like she's a referee and the clock should still be moving in a football game. Her stance gets very wide by the end there, yes. you know, uh, probably they, at shoulder. To be clear, they do them. mention a couple of services. They're marquee ones, Disney Plus and Hulu. Oh, I'm sure the rest that. of them You're are right. like, you know, Tumblr or something. You're right. I just I just told on myself there. Um, they did mention that. I was so obsessed with her yelling. And then now they have the holiday ads that are running. And again, I, I don't know how to describe my feelings here because it really is a question. I'm coming down hard on these things. When I saw that they now in this in this newest series they have her back and she's wearing a red suit for the holidays now I'm like that's kind of a nice twist and I'm happy to see that she's still getting the work because I root for her <laughs> but now look at the background of this one it's a they have like a very complicated Christmas tree with tons of presents like the white, a big stone fireplace a huge stone fireplace with people back there the white space is getting less and less eventually yeah. there will be no more white space and Kay McKinnon is going to be riding a motorcycle through the city at night yeah just scream 
screaming at the listen, top of her lungs. And watch for this one. This this is one where at one point she like kind of crouches down to see somebody, and her knees just go like east and west in a way that like she's like she's like squatty pottying at her uh, her stance is so wide in this one. What's better than giving a better phone this holiday season? Oh, I know, I know, giving a better phone on a better network. How much better? Rank number one in network reliability 16 times in a row better. The most awarded for network quality, a whopping 27 times by J.D. Power better. Yeah. And Verizon is ranked number one in customer satisfaction for small business wireless service better. This round's on me. Holiday better with 5G from America's most reliable network because everyone deserves better. So I don't have the same in the wild reaction to these that you do. They don't really irritate me. I will say they do not... They are not served by having you watch three of them in a row mm-hmm. because by the end of that one, I was just tired of hearing her yell at me. Yes, and that's how it feels during football games for me. Because you see the, like one after another after yeah. another, and there's a lot of yelling. I want to make something clear here. Um, my observation about her wide stance, I don't have an issue with that. That's her physicality, and that's the humor. I, I want to be clear because more, I they're am— They're making more and more of it, though. Yes, I'm criticizing some things and also just trying to be funny and some other things. And I don't want to come off as just like, stop trying to stand like a man or something like that. I well, understand this is that. germane to what I noticed when we were watching football the other day. During the like halftime report or whatever, um, there are two men and a woman uh, doing the like the first half recap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed something in that... In the studio. In like studio, it. yeah. They're kind of like, they're not on the sidelines or in a, in a studio talking about the game we just saw. And I noticed that this is something that that the woman was standing a particular way and that this is how women seem to always stand if they are wearing, particularly if they are wearing a skirt or a dress, which is the two men were standing like normal people with their feet shoulder width apart. Mm-hmm. The woman who is uh, very slender and very pretty and wearing a wearing a kind of a slinky dress had her one leg tucked behind her ankle. Mm-hmm. Kind of crossed at the ankle. Crossed at the ankle while standing. And I was thinking about that and I've never really sort of articulated it before but they I think they always make women stand that way when uh I mean maybe not like yeah I don't know if I can agree not every with single you. woman yeah. but but I think it is often a way that women who are on camera where their full bodies are showing mm-hmm. if it's like a red carpet situation or something I think it's somehow the powers that be have decided that, that makes a woman's silhouette look more feminine yeah. Can you imagine a man standing well, that way? No, that's the interesting thing. I do think that, we, like, because I watch every now and then, I'll just, like, kind of have ESPN on in the background or whatever. So you see women kind of standing in situations exactly like that. And there is an often wearing heels in a dress. And so you're right. They're not just standing with their feet apart like I would in pants, right? Like, they're not always crossed, but sometimes maybe hip will be out a little right. bit or or something that is that is a to different kind a of physicality yeah. um and so and so there's definitely something there but it's also <laughs> i'm pausing here because i don't know if this is something that's always happened i just noticed now because it just seems like there's a lot more photos or or if it's kind of something that has been happening in the past i don't know five ten years with instagram and everything but Often, if I see like friends of mine, not always, but friends of mine on an Instagram, like if it's a group photo, 
the women are almost always turning sure. their side to the camera and then when I think to remember when I remember to do it I do it too. and then putting one foot like kind of on their toes so that the, the so that the leg facing the camera is bent and the back one is straight exactly like, like there's something it about gives you that a, too. it gives yeah. you a more slender appearance mm-hmm. on in a flat in a two-dimensional medium mm-hmm. as opposed to when I'm getting my photo taken I just look as grumpy as humanly possible. That's true. And as uncomfortable. It's as almost possible. medically surprising how grumpy you look in I know, photos. I know. And real life. Um, <laughs> You're actually not a. Well, I'm not a grumpy person, but I have a grumpy face. I guess you do have a grumpy face. I had a boss have, tell me that one. You have a resting grump face. When I was a manager, uh, my boss was kind of like, yeah, you kind of come off when you're giving feedback. It's just kind of grumpy. And I don't think you are. He said, like, I'm from the Midwest, too, and we have <laughs> grumpy faces. And people always think that we're grumpy when we're not. Try to work on that face. <laughs> Try to work um, on that. Work on your face. Work on your face. Anyway, I don't know where I land on these Kate McKinnon commercials. I'm being quite honest. Um, like, I, part of me... Uh, clearly they're like I enjoy seeing her on the screen and a then, friction for you yeah exactly but it's just so much and I'm worried that I'm starting to get this Pavlovian response to them where I'm going to start having negative feelings about a, a, a comedian that I generally like so anyway that's where I am I'd yeah, love it, to know watch it Verizon I would love to know uh, how our listeners feel about that and if you think I'm being unfair which I sort of feel like maybe I am. Um, okay, let's get to the second fiddles. Ooh, I should have had fiddle music. All right, you want to start talking about Hydrox? I do. Where should we begin? Um, do you remember that I played for you a Hydrox commercial not all that long ago? I was quizzing you on something. I don't recall what, but I had built some sort of a quiz for this show. Here, we'll start with this one. This was from 1988. I think this one is... Um, Oh, you know what the quiz was? Is I described a scene and you had to tell me if it really appeared in a commercial or if I oh, made it up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was for treats, to, right? Yeah, Tricks or I, treats. And I think this one... Oh, right. Yes. I think this one I said a man dressed as a cookie starts ranting and raving until he's carried off back into a cookie box, I think. And uh-huh. that's basically what happens here. This is I feel from, like maybe I got that one wrong. I think you did. I think we... I think we... I think you might have felt like I was describing it in a way that exaggerated it i don't know um maybe that was my own uh guilty conscious um anyway this is from 1988 nowhere near the beginning of the hydrox run but um i think this one is interesting because it's so clearly responding to the fact that hi we're hydrox cookies we created all this shit we created the genre yet nobody can remember who we are yeah we forget about Oreo. Say the name. We invented this idea. Say my name. Say my name. Say my name. Yeah. Is the name of this one. So you have this guy. You see a <laughs> uh, you see a box of cookies, and then some guy who's goofily dressed like a Hydrox cookie. Um, kind of. I think he's wearing maybe tights and bare arms. But he's got a big cookie middle. Uh, comes out and tells us to please remember that Hydrox cookies are a thing. I'm a Hydrox cookie. Hydrox. Hydrox. Some kids have trouble remembering my name. I don't understand why. I mean, you like a creamy center? Here's a creamy center. Thick, 
delicious, creamy, creamy. And you like a dark, crunchy chocolate cookie? Well, here it is. But you got to remember my name. Hydrox. Hydrox. Don't forget. Hydrox. Remember? Hydrox. And then two men come on the screen. Hydrox. From the Sunshine Baker Man. They, they're probably like sunshine delivery guys, but they, it's also kind of echoing the idea of somebody carrying off a madman in, in an old movie. It's a little thirsty, that one. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you just feel like that screaming cookie represents... Yeah, the executives. The executives. Hydrox. Just, it's Hydrox. It's yeah. Hydrox. I actually kind of respect the game there. Um, now, that was from the 80s after Oreo was already uh, obviously dominating the market. Here's one from 1966. Potentially, I don't know. Maybe you can look this up, Vives, Um, Or maybe you want to watch this and I can look it up. But... Um, I don't know when Oreos came about, but here's a Hydrox cookie commercial from 1966. These are cookies. Cookies are good to eat. Do you like cookies? I like cookies. Do you like this cookie? How Ren and Stimpy is this, by the way? Pretty Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I wasn't on here well, right now. What we're seeing is probably worth noting is um, a big mosaic that appear like that sort of like stop motion appears on the screen of all these different kinds of cookies lots of little shortbread cookies cookies of all different shapes and sizes but they make like a what do they call it when you when you do like a picture where you line everything up in, in a square oh i don't know it's almost like the kind of wes anderson yeah kind of, and so it's all yeah. these different types of little cookies my guess is those are all cookies from the sunshine cookie factory right i guess so i haven't seen the end of this so i don't know if like what the point of this comparison is but when the kid says i like cookies uh they reach in and pick up uh what i assume is the hydrox these are cookies cookies are good to eat do you like cookies i like cookies do you like this cookie I like this cookie. This cookie is the perfect combination of delicious chocolate with just the right amount of vanilla filling. Do you know its name? Sunshine Hydrox? Which cookie is perfect as dessert or with your favorite desserts? Sunshine Hydrox. I love that. That's modern America right there, uh, getting it in early. Hey, this doesn't have to be a dessert. It can be a dessert you eat with your dessert. This is a dessert (laughs) side dish. And which cookie is the original cream-filled chocolate cookie? Sunshine Hydrox. Anybody knows that. I got to say the Hydrox, um, the uh, the Hydrox name doesn't sound like a sweet treat. I think that's a bad name. Hydrox, and it, it refers to um, like the chemical combination of chemical com- component that is in the, the cream, right? Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, but it, I've always thought that like or what Oreo did better than Hydrox for sure was name their cookie. Yes. Hydrox sounds like a cleaning product. That is... Always has, always will. That is definitely on them. Now, tell me if you... Listening to this little boy in this ad, tell me if you hear um, any similarities between these two commercials. I like cookies. Do you like this cookie? I like this cookie. Now, who do you think would play that? Maybe this guy? Hi, this is uh, Robert. (laughs) I'd like to get up to 30% off my auto insurance with SafePilot. (laughs) I like insurance. He's all grown up. He's all grown up. Um, I didn't even have that realization until just listening to this uh, right now. So That commercial, the Gronk one, I see it all the time now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're watching a lot of football and um, it's, it's on constantly. And each time I see it, I'm a little more upset by it. Uh, I know. I, it, it really, really is. He really, they're playing up some weird aspect here that I, I just <laughs> I know. do not get what they're thinking is. And he's he's doing, there's another one now that he's doing for um, USAA yeah. where he's talking to a guy who is qualified for USAA uh, coverage because he's either a service, I think he's a service member. Yeah. 
And Gronk is like a big dumb Lenny. Mm-hmm. Like, George, can I have the USA insurance? I mean, it's really weird. It's weird. I'm gonna hug the insurance. I know, right? Like, it's a, it's like to the point where I'm like, what are they? Like, what is this even doing to Gronk's image? All right, I want to move on now to um, RC Cola, which we were discussing before as like kind of the, th- I guess, third fiddle or fourth fiddle behind Coke and Pepsi and. I, I don't know, maybe third fiddle. Um, Royal Crown, of course, is what RC stands for. And I always been forget that. Making commercials for quite some time. Um, and I'm going to start with a pretty basic one. Um, a lot of these are just good songs I want you to hear, especially when we get into Fago, and we will be getting into Fago. Um, these Fago commercials, including a... I've never had Fago. Incredibly racist one, by oh, the way. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, there's one for Fago Red Pop coming up that stars a actor from one of your favorite TV shows. That is astounding. Um, but anyway, um, let's start with this one. This is mostly just going to be a jingle, but I think for some of our audience, this is going to be kind of a Wayback Machine thing. This is a Me and My RC, the song uh, for this um, RC Cola commercial. And uh, I think this was kind of iconic at the time. This is late 70s. It looks like this particular one aired uh, uh, in 1980, but I think it was originally from 79 or 78. And it's just a young woman. Uh, you just It's so California, 1970s. It's a young woman on a skateboard just skating around town in short shorts and a tight shirt. And then we realize at one point that she's also a pizza delivery person and she delivers the pizzas while skateboarding around. Some kids still dig surfing in California tans Just cruising up and down the coast in psychedelic vans I don't rave about a perfect wave It takes more to make me smile When I hang ten, I'm earning cash They pay me by the mile So the narrative arc is described by the song itself. At first, she's, you know, the song is comparing skateboarding to surfing or kind of making fun of the surfing culture of people not working while this woman is on her wheels skateboarding around town and suddenly realize, oh, she's doing this for a living. She's delivering pizzas on her skateboard. It's really visually compelling. It is. And it's fun. right? I, yeah. I wonder, like, she's she's skateboarding with this pizza in one hand carried high above her uh-huh. and her RC Cole in her other hand. And she's just, I mean, gliding through this crowded city street in this way that just seems magical. And at one point, you see a guy in the background in a convertible just, I mean, she literally stops traffic. Like oh, she's, I didn't even... She's so compelling. That. And I wonder how much of this is shot, you know, kind of like just on the street because uh-huh. it, they, it really does, whether it's... If they, in other words, if they blocked off the street and did this like professionally... That's pretty impressive because it looks really real. Like they just caught this footage of her, you know, like in other words, yeah. like they like they oh, let her the just in the like car. they let, yeah, yeah. let her just do this on a on yeah. a busy street because it really does feel like she's just a really cool girl living in the city. Yeah, and you feel like this was on uh, Quentin Tarantino's mood board when oh, he did boy, Once Upon a Time it. in that LA. Is, I couldn't right? have put it better. That is exactly. <laughs> he, he pinned this on Pinterest. Yeah, if there was like one more shot of her feet, I think we'd know where else we would find it in Quentin Tarantino's home. Um, by the way, one quick thing. I, one of my favorite things about watching vintage commercials is sometimes at the very, very, very beginning, you will see like kind of the TV show that you're coming yes. out of. And this one was it's apparently from 1980. It looks like ABC 
Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Have I you looked what, up that show? No. Why don't you look that up quickly and I'll uh, I'll set up this next one. This is a couple of years later. This is also the 1980s. Another RC Cola commercial. Not a lot, I think, to comment on here other than it's kind of a bland 80s commercial. But it begins with, um, what do you call these things, Veeves? It's like they're out in the salt flats or something, someplace with like a very long flat horizon and they're these like ground racing vehicles with, with sails. sails like for off a sailboat yeah i don't know what they're called i'm sure they have a name or whatever but um uh, yeah I've, i if you can picture it, it is it's just like a catamaran on wheels yeah catamaran on wheels exactly and this was this one aired during cbs i can see the little cbs logo here you don't have an answer on that TV oh i want to tell you what is what this is because it is amazing and i i can uh-huh. tell you what we're gonna be doing after the show today which is watching 10 speed and brown oh, okay let me just play this one then because this while while this one has been set up there's not a lot to say here racing our way where else in this world could finding out who's number one be so much fun? Here's to you, you're the fun, you're the laughter, the whole world's after. You know how good life can be, and you've tasted it in a cold RC. So here's to you and me and my RC. Here's to fun. <laughs> That's a great jingle, man. It is I'm a good jingle. I'm kind of surprised nobody has. Uh, it's has pretty sung old. Sung that, yeah. yeah. It's pretty old, but um, I I do love that. Like, just people out recreating and yep. working in the sun drenched hills of you know fun when you when you taste one wherever this is. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Um, I like these ads for RC. I don't drink RC. You accused me uh, before the show started of being uh, of having a particular animus towards RC. It's not that. It's that well, we were having lunch at a restaurant one time, and you ordered. Uh, I think you said can I have a Coke or a Pepsi, and they said we have. RC. I would never say can I have a Coke or a oh, Pepsi really? first of all. So that's just first of all. Eh. Okay, all right, right. And secondly, I'm sure what I said was can I have a Coke, and they said we have RC. Is that okay? And I said no. I also say no when they say, can you, is Pepsi okay? Really? Because unlike, uh, is it Cardi B? Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. Um, So can I just quickly tell you about a Mm -hmm. show called 10 Speed and Brown Shoe, which stars, wait for it, Ben Vereen and Jeff Goldblum. Really? It is, um, it was written by the creative staff and created by the creative staff of the people who made the Rockford Files, which we love. Love it. Um, that it, it is about two private detectives who had their own detective agency in Los Angeles. Um, E.L. Tenspeed Turner is a hustler who worked as a private detective to satisfy his parole requirements. Mm. His partner, Lionel Brownshoe Whitney, that's Goldblum, is an archetypal accountant complete with the button-down collars. What's a... I guess like the little mm-hmm. corners. Uh, and a nagging fiance. Oh, I bet that's super yeah, not nuanced. offensive. Yeah. yeah, and nuanced. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he had always wanted to be a 1940s style Bogart private investor investigator. Oh, that does sound great, actually. I am. How long did it air? Probably not very long since number of seasons one, number of episodes 14. Okay, so that's Still. pretty short for that era probably unless yeah. it was like a Sunday night movie kind of deal. I am going to get down with this after Yeah, that, let's after see we... if we can track that down somewhere. Okay, so one more thing about RC, and I hope you didn't see the screen grab that was on the screen moments before I, I changed it here because RC is still a going concern in the Philippines and this commercial that aired over there. Can you not get it in the States? 
No, I think you can get it in the States. But, I mean, this is like a sophisticated commercial that aired just a year ago. Right. We don't normally see ads for RC here. This is from December of 2020. And as Ad Age put it, this is the weirdest ad we've seen all year. This is from December. So they'd seen 11 months of weird ass (laughs) ads. And you know how weird ads are these days, right? Yes. Um, I don't even know how to describe this other than to say a young boy. We'll have to translate their subtitles. A young boy comes home, clearly from school. He's got his backpack on, and he looks really, really glum, right? And he comes in, he sits down at the kitchen table, and his mom's in the kitchen, and he wants to know if he's been adopted because all of the kids at school keep saying that he was adopted. And then things... Please tread carefully here. Take an interesting twist. (laughs) Who me? Yes. Why? What did I say? Well, because we already got uh, we already got reminded that oh um, yeah yeah and anything implying that adoption is you know not real parenting. This is literally the plot of the commercial. Take All a right. listen to this. Comes home, goes into the kitchen, really glum looking. Sits down, <laughs> stares at the table. Ma. Ma. Oh. Am I adopted? Huh? She says, huh? They're teasing me at school. They say I'm adopted, says the boy. Didn't I tell you not to mind what other people say? That's the mom. The kid says, I want to know the truth, Ma. Am I adopted? Now he's getting more and more upset, and he's kind of crying now, and he kind of angrily gets up, and he's taking off his backpack, and then he's going to start taking off his shirt. Am I adopted? Tell me. He's now shirtless, and then he he throws himself face down at the table, and then suddenly we realize that he has four beverage glasses growing straight out of his back. Just straight out. I don't know how he was wearing the backpack, frankly. Why do I have four glasses on my back? Vives... Is that not a disturbing image? I don't want to look at this. We see the mom kind of looking sadly down at him as he's draping himself across the table with four glasses that clearly are growing out of his skin in an uncomfortable way. (laughs) The mom starts crying. (laughs) We kept the secret from you for so long. But I think it's time for you to know the truth. Now she takes off her scarf... The son looks at her quizzically. She grabs her own head and starts pulling it off of her neck. As she removes her own head from her neck, which is not gory, it just slides off. And we see that underneath her head is an RC Cola bottle. Like growing out of her neck. Growing out of her neck. As if this head that she's been walking, this human head that she's been walking around with is just something that's covering right. what is really an RC Cola bottle growing out of her neck. She puts some ice cubes into the glasses on her son and then she bends over and starts pouring the RC Cola into the glasses on his back. And to be clear, the RC Cola that's growing out of her body. Yes. Wow. And then um, it says, whatever. <laughs> just tastes good. Yeah, whatever. And then at the very last scene, which is the the coup de grace of creepiness, we see all four members of the family, including the mom, who's holding her own head in her hands, 
uh, drinking from a straw. The, there's a dad, there's a sister, and then the boy has a long straw and he's drinking cola from his own back. This ad, whoever made this ad is like, back up Skittles, hold my beer. Does it make you crave the olden days of a cute girl riding a skateboard around it the streets sure of San Francisco? Does. <laughs> it really, really does. This is from Ad Age. The campaign hinges on the insight around the word basta, which appears as part of the spot's absurd absurd title, which is a, um, a whole bunch of letters, and then basta, RC Cola. Um, it uh, loosely translates to whatever. Um, one of the creatives says, the insight reflects the mindset of the brand's Gen Z target. They live in the moment, quote, they don't need a list of reasons before they do something. They can do or buy something because, well, you know, whatever. There's no need to explain. We appropriated that attitude and made it the brand stand for it. Uh, making that's, RC a That's mirror a whole of concept I would love to explore in more depth. Almost feels like 90s-ish, doesn't well, it? Well, there's of? there is like there's an element of postmodernity to it, but I feel like there's almost a kind of nihilism to it yeah yeah you're right that's like even even more beyond postmodern mm -hmm. uh the out there humor of the ad feels more characteristic of ads we've seen from thailand but uh and they're interviewing somebody here i don't know who this is somebody i don't know what their title is uh that person says it's an unexpected approach for the filipino market quote which is why we went for it the gen z audience is familiar with that sort of offbeat humor and storytelling because of their 24 7 exposure to everything digital and that is why it is completely resonating with them so anyway i mean it's it, that's all that's all like PR speak yeah. anyway but uh, basically they wanted to make a weird thing that would go viral I think is what we're talking yeah, about yeah and, and right? it is it's very weird and it's kind of upsetting and I guess it's an attention grabber so that's that's something um, but it's really kind of like yeah it's disturbing you want a palate cleanser I do uh, do you mind if it comes in the form of Fago oh boy I don't even know Fago ever did ads Oh, yeah. They did a whole bunch of them. In fact, these are going to be the most I play for any brand. And they actually make me really want Fago. I mean, there's so many different flavors of Fago. Yeah, Fago is more like, it's kind of like uh, Shasta or or Sunkist or something, right? It's like more fruit flavors. Soda. Yeah, mostly. Um, and this maybe isn't even fair for me to call it a second fiddle. Maybe it's just something it's of its own, you know? Maybe. Like, they make their own cola. But it's a carbonated. Yeah, Soda brand. And it's not seven. You know, it's not one of the main Pepsi Cola or yeah. Coca Cola brands. Have, have they? Don't I guess do spoil it for me. Do they ever embrace their extremely tight association with Insane Clown Posse? Not that I know of. That feels like a yeah. miss to me. Maybe they do. Well, they're kind of controversial. They were being. Yeah, a company like that doesn't want to mess with that because they were actually a I mean, company like what? Was, a company that nobody else ever drinks. Like if I'm Fago's PR people, I'm like. Lean into that, but in a joking, winking way. I don't know for sure, but I'll bet you a million bucks Fago does better than we think in other markets. Oh, maybe like in non global US markets. markets. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like all those different uh, fruit flavors and whatever, you could definitely see that. Because I mean, I'd also think that other non American cultures lean more towards um, kind of bright, fruity flavored uh, sodas. It's yeah. not like here we just default to the colas, right? right. But it's not all, it's not that. I, I enjoy a grape cola. We were talking about this the other day, or a grape soda, I should say. We haven't, I haven't had a grape soda in decades. I go to this one you know? teriyaki place on the Ave. That always has sun-kissed orange in the oh, cooler. Love it, love I it. can't lay off it, man. Yeah, right? Like, it's 
I don't know why, but I like I'm planning to have a water or whatever, and then I see that orange sun kiss, I just have to buy a can. Yeah. All right, so this first one is called the boat song. Um, I don't even know exactly why this takes place on a boat, but you just it's basically I want you to hear this song, but it's just a bunch of people having a great time and singing along to this song in various um, scenarios. I can't tell if they're all on a boat. And yeah, I think they're all in different places on a boat, like a cruise line. This is from the 70s, by the way, and it's very 70s. Um, but it's also got the like lyrics at, at the bottom with the bouncing ball that sure. l- helps you sing along. So take a listen to this. <laughs> Everybody ready? Comic books and rubber bands Climb into the treetop Falling down and holding hands Tricycles and red pop Pony rides and Sunday nights Roller skates and yo-yos Fairy tales and snowball fights Climbing through the Fago remembers. Fago remembers. Remember when you were a kid? Well, part of you still is. That's why we, why we make Fago. That is compelling, is it not? Yeah, I actually think the song is compelling and the the idea is compelling. The setting on a for some reason day cruise mm-hmm. is absolutely bizarre. And also the song, I saw you make a face exactly when I made a face. <laughs> Before you know what this commercial is, the first two lines are incredibly confusing yes. because you think that rubber bands and what I'm looking here, what is it? It's rubber bands and comic books wind up in a tree. But what it is is it's just it's listing yes. all these things of childhood. It's rubber bands, comma, and comic books. And then you climbing and up then into you the tree climbing top. climbing up in a tree. But it sounds like it's it sounds rubber like rubber bands and comic books climb a tree. Right. So that's a confusing way to begin it, but it really won me over. It yeah. also, do you think this was inspired by I Want to Teach the World to Sing? Like oh, all these people on a boat yes. in the 1970s all singing about soda pop together in this let's let's be happy way. Yeah, you're right. That's not that's not a bad comparison. Although, of course, this is far less effective and moving. It's the like the camera work is really pretty terrible mm-hmm. here. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that like it's trying to capture that same energy now fago of course they have so many different flavors right but they also had diet flavors and in this 1976 commercial the pitch is when you want to go reach for some sort of great dessert like this cherry uh cheese cake looking thing here instead grab a diet fago soda of a similar flavor that is what little sweet's been trying to tell us for the last right, couple of years right nobody ever listens to little no sweet. one ever listens to little sweet um this has a weird so this is still from the 70s so it's that era of the throwback pull tabs the tabs that actually were would to open the can of soda you'd actually pull the tab off of right. the can and so you see a bunch of desserts like this one is a very like kind of syrupy again cherry pie or cherry cheesecake and it's got one of those tabs kind of wedged in it and you see somebody like reaching and grabbing the tab in other words instead of opening this dessert open up a can of fago when you get that craving for something luscious 
and you want to feel like you're cheating on your diet. So that one was probably some sort of like a cherry cheesecake flavored soda, maybe just cherry. It's cherry, yeah. yeah. And so when they go to open, when they go to pull the tab off of the dessert, they end up pulling a tab off of a can. You want something sinfully sweet with delicious natural taste. Now it's like root beer. Way to go, Diet Bago. When you are crazy for something incredibly rich and you want over 20 flavors to choose from, Way to go, Diet Fago. That's a chocolate-flavored soda right go. there. My grandmother had often had a Diet chocolate soda. Uh, she had them by the case full. I know I've had them before. They're not good. No, it, it, they're not good. Um, a lot of those, like, 70s and 80s Diet sodas, like, they were not good. They had not dialed it in. I think that the what made Diet Coke so successful, ironically, was that it wasn't that sweet Mm -hmm. and it wasn't cloying. Like, looking at that ad for all these extremely sticky-looking, cloyingly sweet desserts and the the comparison that the soda is trying to make to them, I'm kind of grossed out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, this next one I think you're going to like. Oh, boy, I already... No, you got that. You're you're looking ahead. That's two from now. This next one I think you're actually going to like. And then the one after that, has a uh, written. We're gonna on our have show. some conversations. We have something about. on our show written here called that says racism alert. <laughs> it all caps and italics is what I wrote on that one. But before we get to that wonderful ad, um, let's start with this one from 1977. This is just a jingle. This is just saying, "Hey, we got tons of flavors and they're good and they're bright and they're fruity and it's basically like a bunch of kids and people like kind of painting a rainbow on a wall and you know, again, kind of just a mood piece with a good song. Hey, they go say. What a way to go A rainbow full of flavors How many do you know? 33 great flavors Nobody gives you more So grab yourself a bagel Get what you're thirsty for Hey bagel, say bagel What a way to go A rainbow full of flavors How many do you know? Bagel, say bagel What a way to go I guess they're all working. I guess they're young adults and they're all working on one uh, mural. They're painting a, a mural. That's very simple. They don't need four people to paint it. But yeah. and then of course they get into that smashing pumpkins thing at the end where they start smearing paint on each other. It's so seventies. You yeah. have like all this. It's a very like diverse cast of people and they're just loving life and loving Fago. Thirty three flavors. How? What? Like they must be really scraping the fruit barrel. To get thirty three flavors, I had a list up before, and Can I don't, we just I don't look at it? Yeah. Because I, I had a list of like the, the top really, twenty five. What the weirdest ones are? Um, I saw they had one that was a, a Dr Pepper one that had a really funny, um, a really funny name. I'm looking for this now. Sorry, I can't find this on the fly. Oh, it's taking forever to load. That's why this is not an easy list. But we're looking at fruit punch, firework what, flavor. What is firework flavor? Eh, it kind of tastes like uh, gunpowder. Um, <laughs> diet rock and rye. Uh, diet cream soda. Pineapple orange sounds amazing. Yeah. Jasmine blueberry. Jasmine blueberry. I need to say it twice because I think some people thought I misread that. Um, you know, Jazz and Bluesberry. Sure, that's a flavor. Uh, raspberry Blueberry, Diet Cola, Diet Ginger Ale, Ohana Lemonade and Iced Tea. I see. So a lot of these are just sort of like mashups. Sure. You got something called Twist. That That's probably like a Sprite. That's Lemon Lime. Uh, diet Twist. Diet. And I guess if they're counting oh, the they're diets, counting they're really just like... They're like doubling up on everything if they just count the diets. You know? They're also counting a Sparkling Water Tonic and Diet Tonic. Yeah. A Sparkling Orange. 
a different lemon lime? What was the other lemon lime? I guess it's between like squirt and Sprite. Oh, maybe, except squirt is grapefruit, and both of these seem to be lemon limey because they now have sparkling grapefruit, they have sparkling cherry, club soda. How's that different than sparkling water? I actually have things sodium content. Grape, cotton candy, cherry cola, Arctic sun. Arctic sun. Again, with lemons and limes. Yeah, they're, color. they're getting a lot of mileage out of lemons and limes here for calling it an individual flavor. Something just called gold. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Dr. Fago. Um, please. Dr. Fago. Uh, cream soda. Don't go to Dr. Fago would be my, my medical advice. Here's 6040. This looks like it's um, grapefruit with lime. Black cherry, candy apple, no thank you. Cola, diet root beer. Oh, root can you imagine beer. how sweet candy apple would be? Rock Ugh. and rye, diet red pop, pineapple, pineapple watermelon, red pop. More on that in just a moment. Peach, orange, diet orange, ohana, raspberry lemonade. Should we keep going? Do we get it? I think we get it. A lot of, oh, something uh, called moon mist. Which is absolutely diet, or sorry, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Uh, repackaged, yep. yeah. You got some strawberries, got some more diets, moon mist blue. That's I don't know how, how is moon mist blue different than what was it? Jazz and blues. Well, I'm sure moon mist blue is the, is the Mountain Dew uh, code blue or code whatever blue, they do. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go with Fago. Now, back to that idea of red Fago. This is a commercial starring Jamie Farr of one of your favorite TV shows, MASH. MASH. And Corporal Klinger. He is playing. A Native American. Oh, boy. It is not handled delicately. He's wearing no, the, like... the big headdress and everything. And he's surrounded by kids around a campfire. And as far as I know, he's doing red Jamie face. Farr is not Native American. I not that that would really... even make this no. really okay. And also the fact that they're associating this with red pop. Oh, yeah. It's it is awful. really bad. So I think he's going to. And then there's Oof. they're going to do a recreation of the Thanksgiving scene with him playing a Native American, meeting some pilgrims. And I think he's telling the legend of how, where Red Pop came from. This is awful. I'm here to tell you the story of how Red Pop began. A long time ago, our tribe was hot and thirsty. And the great spirit Fago appeared and said, Here's a thirst-quenching, great-tasting soft drink just for you. And I call it Red Pop. You can share it with the early settlers when they come to America. It will give them something to give thanks for. And you, running pudgy, be thankful for Diet Fago. No, I am, Chief. I am. Now, this is interesting. It actually goes right into a WDIV News 4 update from 1979. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Mort Krim with a News 4 update. All American officials are being airlifted out of Pakistan tonight. That after an attack on the U.S. Embassy there and the killing of one Marine. And it's all indirectly connected to the Iranian hostage situation. Mort Krim sounds like a made-up newscaster name from, like, Kimmy Schmidt, doesn't Kimmy it? Kimmy Schmidt or, or Tim and Eric. <laughs> right, yes. Mort Krim. Um, so I just wanted a little taste of that because that, that archive stuff. He's doing that live. You can tell he's waiting for the commercial to end. But anyway, that yeah, that Jamie Farr commercial, that's not good, that right? That is really bad. That's really bad in a lot of different ways. I like there's just, like, we didn't get... It wasn't enough to just, like, totally, like cannibalize and you know trivialize native american culture we have to have a little fat joke at the end they fixed it though they now call it the washington red pop i believe (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and one more Fago, if you don't mind. Um, we'll this clean one. Clean the taste of a red pop out of our I mouths. I think so. The audio is rough on this one, but there have been several, or there were several Diet Fago commercials starring Joan Rivers. And this was my favorite, but it has the worst audio, so bear with it. But she is in a fancy French restaurant, and she is confused because she thought she ordered a diet soda, but clearly what they brought her must not be diet. Gaston! Madame? I ordered a diet fago root beer and you brought me a regular fago. Je ne comprends pas, madame. It's not diet. It, it tastes too good. It's, it's delicious. It, it's yum yum. Yum yum? Look, Sarah, I want diet, okay? Diet! Madame, this is a diet. Diet fago, madame. This is diet fago! Oh, this diet fago. C'est magnifique. You better believe it, lady. Uh, madame? If it tastes too good to be diet, it must be Diet Fago. There you go. Joan Rivers, rest Joan in power. Joan Rivers, rest in power. Yeah, I mean, I like the, I can't help but kind of enjoy the um, the over-the-top performances there and like mm. the fact that there's a Diet Fago bottle and a cool, chilling in a champagne ice yeah, bucket. right. And just like, yeah, like that's, that feels like the le- Fago's level like it's found its level yeah um, okay I want to play let's move on I mentioned uh, Dr. Fago before but before have you ever get- tried Fago yeah I mean there I mean I'm sure growing up I mean I think in Ohio I've never had a single oh, really? sip of it I think they were kicking around in Ohio it just seems like generally speaking my childhood was filled with more variety of just like pops that you we call them pops that you just knew by the flavor as opposed to like Mountain Dew, Code Blue, Red, like you yeah. know, like not just like made up alert systems, <laughs> <laughs> but like just like grape, made up alert systems, or what have you. Do you remember something called Tahitian Treat? I drank a lot of that as a kid. That was like a, a Hawaiian punch, but carbonated. Oh, that was okay. the different because you'd have the Hawaiian punch, but then you get Tahitian Treat, which was carbonated. I yeah. see. We drank. Really, only Coke products growing up oh, in Atlanta. Of course, you're Georgia, right, right, right. It's okay, hard to find non Coke products. Buy, that's there. why you hate RC. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about Mr. Pibb. I like Mr. Pibb. I always get this wrong. I've mentioned this on this show before, and I think TBTL too, and I've been corrected many times. I always say that. I think I have mistakenly said that Dr. Pepper is a Pepsi product and that Mr. Pibb is a Coke. There's some reason. long and boring story about <laughs> right. why one is like one was originally uh, its own independent yeah. company and then it was like not bought by one of the main two, but like started being Pepper. bottled at one of their yes. things. I mean, it's like it's just like this long, boring story that boils down to like one is more associated with Coke and one is more associated with Pepsi. Exactly. And I think that but it really the one that is that I say is associated with Pepsi is not actually associated with Pepsi. It's it's sort of like bottled by them, but it's not a Pepsi product. I do think that Mr. Pibb is. Yeah, Mr. Pibb. Wow, they don't make Mr. Pibb anymore. They make only Pibb Extra. Yeah, I was just looking at this. we can't have anything anymore. We can't have anything anymore. What's wrong with Mr. Pibb? Uh, this is the funniest it thing. It was created by Coca-Cola. It though. was created... Like, Mr. Pibb is actually a Coke product. It was first introduced as Peppo to oh, compete yeah. against Dr. Pepper, which yeah. that's a little on-the-nose Coke. Yeah, Peppo. Peppo. It's not Dr. Pepper. It's Peppo. Right, and then they're like, no, 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 we're Mr. You can almost see like Homer Simpson be like, no, (laughs) uh, okay, Dr. Pepper, we're Mr. 
Pip. Um, so let's start with this one from. Oh yeah, they couldn't be Peppo because Dr. Pepper sued them for frank trademark infringement. It's also close to Pepto Bismol, frankly. Yeah. Um, here is a commercial from 1972. This is just one of those sort I'm of. I'm going to start calling Mr. Pip Peppo though. I'm, <laughs> I'm going back. You mean Pib Extra? I mean Pib Extra. <laughs> this is just one of those commercials from the 70s where you see kind of beautiful people out on kind of a rafting adventure. This just sun-soaked rafting adventure. You'll hear a song here, and then I believe a tagline at the ends. It's nice to live in an easy way Without any cares from day to day Slow down the time, slow down the moment Taste Mr. Pibb, smooth and easy Mr. Pibb is not a cola, not a root beer It's an easy new soft drink from the Coca-Cola company It goes down good so it's actually not just it's um, you also see some people like on uh, motorcycles, which is definitely the kind of the it's almost got an easy rider feel to it. When yeah. they're saying like it goes down easy. These the 70s palette is yeah. it's like we're seeing so much of it. This, yeah, surfers. I, I just love and I feel like Dr. Pepper still deals with this challenge to some degree. Mr. Pibb doesn't know how to define itself no it says what in the not. absence of right yeah. we're not a cola we're not a root beer although we could see how you might think it was sort of in both of those families mm-hmm. there's sort of a cherry element to it but not quite like when you taste it you're not going to immediately mm-hmm. think cherry but mm-hmm. if you think about it you might sort of taste it <laughs> anyway just try it we're kind we're of we're peppo i mean mr pip we're kind of like dr fanta <laughs> If you like, if you like Doctor Fanta, you're gonna love. There's probably a Fago that tastes like. Oh no no, this. it's Doctor Fago. That's what I meant, right? I messed that joke up because isn't there? A, there was it's a Doctor Fago. Fago. Yeah, yeah yeah. I said Doctor Fanta. <laughs> Wait, oh that's right. I don't have Fanta on here. You know, maybe I grew up with Fanta, not Fago. I don't know. I get those confused. Well, that's because I definitely have had Fanta. I wonder because Fanta was great... also a whole bunch of different flavors. Sure, right? they were mostly like yes, Fanta. I'm sure makes a cola and a Sprite, but what Fanta does. Super well, and we could act. Could you actually just Google this real fast? Mm-hmm. Fanta had a great ad campaign. I want to say like ten to fifteen years ago, where they had like four women dressed up in these bright kind of like mm-hmm. um, almost like I don't know if they were like uh, they're kind of like sol- Shakira style sort of Shakira style. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, yeah. like d- dresses and swimsuits. So there was like a purple, an orange, a uh, yellow, and a and like a whatever the other color, what their flavor was. And they was like, don't you want to want a Fanta? This is probably it. I don't think I've seen this before. I was only describing it because I, I think I found it here. This one is actually a Spanish-speaking one. Oh, this isn't the one that aired in the States. But it's very, I mean, it is, yeah. if it's not the exact same one, it's its the same idea. You have the four women in the sexy outfits with each one of the, the yellow, the orange, the red, and purple, and they're each, you know, representing one flavor of the soda. And Don't You Wanna Wanna Fanta was a pretty successful campaign for a while there. Oh, this is on the uh, choreographer's uh, YouTube page, by the way, Brian Friedman. <laughs> um, I, yeah, and you know, that does make sense not to generalize here, and I could be wrong, but like I do feel like on the occasions that we have visited Mexico or when, when we went down to Costa Rica, that's again, you're seeing more like flavored pops like this as opposed to Coca-Cola. Yes. Or, not that they don't have it, but I just feel like... No, it's a, I think it yeah. is a more popular... Uh, 
op- option in a I don't know if it's like a South American thing or a Latin American thing, but it's uh, it's definitely like more that more there. Here's another 1970s commercial for Mr. Pibb that I think has a different kind of explanation at one point. Again, these are just people I think like, you know, I don't know, having fun in the sun. And then at the end, you see some guy like sitting on a like kind of like a one of those trees that's low to the ground and just kind of like with his leg up. And he's just really enjoying his Mr. Pibb. Here's the day. It's yours for living. The sun is high. The sky is blue. So get it on and keep it going. Time is free. And so are you. Life can be a celebration when you let your feelings go. And later on, when you're relaxing, you can feel the Before we wow. get to the so part, mamas and the papas. Yeah, before we get to the part where he starts talking, I want to make a correction. Did you say already that they're in airboats? No, this whole thing it's not a it's not a montage of various uh, kinds of outdoor activities. They're both they're a bunch of people on two airboats that are having fun in a marshland. Have you ever been on an airboat? No, it looks awesome. Oh my god, it's so awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, let's let this thing finish and then we'll dream about airboats. You know, good times like these are unforgettable. When you're sitting back, kind of holding on to the memories, Mr. Pibb fits right in. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Serious. It's got a special kind of taste. Real smooth and easy. Get it on and keep it going with Mr. Pibb. It goes down good. Honestly, that guy, honestly to, that guy can get it. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, it's just like Mr. It's just such a prototype, oh, God. isn't it? It is. It feels like it, it really feels like a McConaughey a, prototype. A McConaughey prototype. If you have, we should go. If we ever go back to Florida, let's dedicate a day to going to um, to the Everglades and taking an airboat ride. We're not going to kick it with our feet in the water because we'll get eaten by mm-hmm. alligators. But we should actually we should do the tour of the Everglades on the airboat because it is so fun. I haven't done it since I was a kid, but it was like the highlight of our summers. I'll pretend I'm in a um, hyacinth novel. What? Uh, who's the guy who? Who's the? Um, oh yeah, Florida writer, right? Who, Carl Hyacin. Hyacin, yeah. Hyacin, something like that. Okay, one more commercial for Mr. Pibb here. This is not as as retro. It's just retro for me. This is from 1986. I'm sorry, 1996. You have a plain white background with like a an animated drawing that I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of a somewhat squiggly but very simple white drawing of somebody's face, very almost like a sketchbook kind of thing, but fully animated. And it starts with this head just slowly and kind of tiredly talking with you. Real sleepy Joe vibes here, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> And then at one point, and you'll hear this. Do you hear Biden called it? He called Omicron something else, something wrong today. It was like. I think it's Omicron, right? Well, Omicron, Omicron. Like the pronunciation yeah, yeah. isn't super important, but he called it something like Chromaton or something. Oh, no, really? really? I mean, I'm, I think I, I think I overstated how wrong he That's got it. That's a Power Ranger, I think. But he got it real wrong. Oh, no. Um, anyway, so you have this very plain animation. And then at some point. You, you'll see like some, I think, real life hand or something happens where the top of his head pops open of this anim- this animated head. The top pops open and somebody pours Mr. Pibb directly into his brain and then the energy changes. 
Oh, my little pretty one. When are you going to give me some time, Sharona? Oh, you make my motor run. My, my, Sharona. Here comes the Mr. Pib right into the brain. Now he's getting some energy. Now it's just the song, and the animation is just like Bouncing frenetic around, and bouncy. Frenetic. And it says, Mr. Pib, put it in your head. <laughs> Very nineties. Very nineties. That feels like yeah, super nineties. By the way, uh, Joe Biden called it Omnicron. Oh, Omnicron. <laughs> um, okay, I need to start moving quickly here, but I thought these were kind of interesting. Again, this is from. I have three more commercials here for uh, like kind of second fiddle brands that I didn't know about. And again, um, this comes from a post on Atlas Obscura where readers were writing in about their their favorite second fiddle brands. And uh, instead of Cheetos, there were a whole bunch of off-brand Cheetos. And this is for something called Brim's Cheese Puffs. Brim's. I wonder if anybody in our audience knows of Brim's. Life is so delicious, so delicious with Brim Snacks. Life is so delicious with Brim Snacks. So fresh and tasty, it's a fact. Enjoy the taste, come on by right in. Making life delicious. That's the business we're in. Life is so delicious with Brim Snacks. That's like that's like a a jingle only Kelsey Grammer could love. <laughs> it's just like a very, very low budget commercial. You just see people in just different walks brims. of life eating various brims yeah. snacks. I couldn't find one specifically for the cheesy puffs, but I wanted to share that song with you. Also, instead of Kraft macaroni and cheese, you might enjoy um, this 1970s commercial for golden grain macaroni and cheddar. Take a listen to this. Which macaroni dinner has the creamiest cheese? Golden grain macaroni and cheddar. Which has the larger macaroni, if you please? Golden grain macaroni and cheddar. Makes meal planning a whole lot easier. Serve the dinner that's so much cheesier. Golden grain macaroni and cheddar. Bigger macaroni full of creamier cheddar. Looks so good, tastes even better. Golden grain macaroni and cheddar. This is labeled as a commercial from the 1970s, but we were talking about the lighting in those other 70s commercials that almost like, you know, almost washed out at times, almost Vaseline lens, yeah. like sun drenched. I think this is late 60s because this is the opposite. This is the we're all indoors and everything is brown Super or muddy. beige yeah. and muddy and everything we eat is brown and beige yes. and muddy and everybody's skin tone. Of course, this is a white family sitting around eating this and they all just look just blah. Do- doughy and blah. Just doughy and, and blah. And that's like sort of, that's sort of like a riff on hand jive, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or, um, and also hand jive though, th- that's also, um, did Bo Diddley come first? Yeah, I'm not sure. I like, like, like I'm way out of my depth here. Yeah, I, it me took too. me, it took me all of the whole commercial to recall hand jive. Yeah, so oh, I had that's hand as jive far right. as I got. That hand jive might have been my first favorite song as a kid. <laughs> really? I inherited my mom's like 45 yeah. RPM records, and I loved hand jive. Hand, it was the first song that I had memorized for sure. So we've mentioned this is my last one. Sorry, this is going so long, but I'm just having too much fun. Um, it's a voice. I'm Why did you on. become a 
a, it's a, a leprechaun. Voice. It's a voice I'm working yeah, what on. What a fun-loving leprechaun. What a fun, look at that leprechaun. He's definitely not grumpy in photos. <laughs> <laughs> when he's delivering feedback. We I said, so... <laughs> I, to I think, think you should what start feedback delivering. I would give a you should start public delivering radio feedback. producer in 2002. Um, I, think I think we you should get out of the industry. <laughs> That's actually what happened to my friend Shay. Uh, she was <laughs> she was a happy radio producer for a long time until I became her boss, and then suddenly she's like, you know what? Law school sounds great. I heard it's easy. Um, <laughs> true story on that, by the way. We're still friends. I love her to death. Um, we've mentioned on the show before, but it's worth remembering that Spam is not a generic product. Spam right. is a brand name. Yeah. I always think of Spam as just like you go to a restaurant, you order Spam. You don't think like you're ordering a specific brand of meat. Um, I don't think I'd heard of any other brands of the similar product. No, you know, I canned pork I thought product. they were sui gener- generis. Let's go back to, I'm going to say the 1950s, maybe the 1960s, for this black and white commercial for something called Treat Meat. <gasps> T-R-E-E-T. Treat Meat. Treat Meat. I'm a poet and I didn't even know those words rhymed. <laughs> Ironing to do. Dishes to Nerves and You'll a be bunch. shocked to hear it's a woman doing oh, no, all these I was chores. Say, it's a man. He's a man at home doing all these chores. And she is overwhelmed trying to open up her ironing board and the, the um, suds are coming out of the I said the other day machine. I wish that someone would disrupt the ironing board industry because I hate the ironing yeah, board. Yeah, ironing board technology has not uh, come far enough. Ironing to do. Dishes to. Nerves and a bunch. What's for lunch? Time to reach for the star. Armor Star Treat. Make cheese treat sandwiches. Put sliced treat on a bun. Top with cheddar cheese. Broil and serve. Good cooks use treat just like ham, only more often. Why don't you reach for the star? Armor Star Treat. And it looks exactly like Spam when it's being served. Also, this fits and into it, your And the can cap. is the same shape and everything. And even like... I assume spam came first, but I guess with hydrox, you can't really assume. But um, something about S-P-A-M, all caps, T-R-E-E-T, all caps, like it's oh, monosyllabic. Yeah. It's, like, it's surely a, a, like a copycat or one of those copying the other. I think that they're copying spam. I wonder how, I wonder if, when was the last time you could buy treat meat? Um, by the way, that also fits into your category of commercial, which is like, Here's a product and here's how you can use it. Make these sandwiches. Yes. You know, here's a recipe. Um, treat might still be around. I'm on the Wikipedia page now. Treat is a canned meat product similar to Spam. The door's about to bang because the cat just left. There it is. Treat is a canned meat product similar to Spam. First introduced in 1939. So it might have beaten Spam to the market. Well, um, when did Spam start? You look that up. Sold as Spiced Luncheon Loaf. Somebody called me that one time. Punched him right in the kisser. Uh, It's made with chicken and pork and has more finely ground texture than Spam. More akin to bologna or Vienna sausages. Like Spam, it is often fried or baked before consumption. Treat is currently manufactured by Pinnacle Foods. So uh, Treat is still out there. If we are ever somewhere where we see Treat Meat, Mm -hmm. we got to just go absolutely. And I realize the irony of using this phrase. 
ham on that <laughs> shit. Um, spam, by the way, beat treat meat to market by two years. Oh, so I'm really? guessing it was Spam's uh, popularity that inspired treat meat. It was uh, introduced by Hormel in 1937. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, well, there you have it, Vives. That those are my those are my second fiddles, if you will. Thanks to the folks at uh, Atlas Obscura for helping with those last ones. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, we are an hour and fifteen minutes yeah. into this. Listeners are late for their appointments. They're tapping their toes. They can't they're take this with them. Watches. I know they've just got it playing on the boombox in their house. And they're like, "We gotta go. Wrap it up. Wrap it up." Um, so I'm just gonna do one quick piece of feedback here, and we'll save the rest for next week. This is for actually from my brother, who texted me this morning and said, "Have you all already heard that about how buoy bells are a thing?" And I'm like, "No. Is that mean? Does that like from the Taco Bell commercial?" He's like, "Yeah." A bell buoy is a navigation tool designed to ring with the motion of the waves. So you recall we talked about that Taco Bell commercial, how they're kissing in the waves, or they're about to kiss in the waves, and then a buoy falls over and hits the sand and makes a dong, mm-hmm. the Taco Bell bell, and the girl immediately like spins on her heel and goes and gets Taco Bell. And we sort of made jokes about how like a metal hitting sand wouldn't make that sound. But we are, as usual, absolute morons about all things water adjacent and apparently this is and it makes sense like when you think about hearing like you hear you see a seascape or you see uh you know a seascape at night you hear bells and what those bells are are the bells in these buoys that are meant to ring with the motion of the waves Zachary did say it still begs the question or raises the question. I, he didn't say begs. I, mm-hmm. I misspoke. It still raises the question of why there is one washed up on the beach. But at least physics did not take a vacation on that one. Yeah. And but, that makes sense. But would a cosplay shield hitting a garbage can make the same exact sound? I mean, unlikely. Unlikely. Zachary, you smart ass. <laughs> you can sell anything. Nah, thanks for the text, Zachary. Always good to hear from you. Um, and how can other people get at us, assuming they do not have your phone number to text? If you, you unlike my brother, do not have my uh, my personal cell phone, please call us at 607-444-5597 or email us at after these messages show at Gmail. And we have a voicemail line, 607 607- that's Did you just I, do that? That's the one I just said. Sorry, I was thinking about other things. Yeah, clearly. 607-444-5597. Yes, uh, also, but what does it spell? Check out... <laughs> I don't think it spells anything. I don't think so um, Check out the Facebook group. A lot of fun stuff happening there. I've got, actually have some other stuff uh, that I wanted to share today. We ran out of time from sorry. the Facebook group, and I will share that next week. Yeah, sorry about that, but um, this was fun. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you in about seven days. Can't sell anything.